It is the marks, it is wrestling daft, those two things combined make it wrestling daft the marks. I am John, I produce wrestling daft, I present this show and I weigh at mm, 185 pounds or something, I don't know, we won't talk about that. Uh, and uh, let's welcome a man who is bigger than the pop that John Cena got at uh, Money in the Bank, it's Big Alex. How satisfying was hearing was just seeing a You Can't See Me and hearing the reaction that it got from a live crowd. I'm really glad they didn't do any promo work with it and it was just that and then he walked away and that was the end of the show. We need to talk about uh, Money in the Bank just in a minute but first let's welcome a man and probably the only man I think in the UK that bets on Speedway. It's Gary Cassidy. Well, surely oh, not I, really. I, oh, I love Speedway and of course if I was the only man to bet on Speedway I wouldn't be able to because they wouldn't offer the, the betting markets for it. But I, I brought maybe the only one to bet on it and win. So, but so you did like in a, if you check out Gary's Twitter, you'll see him at Wrestling Gary. Um, you did like an accumulator on Speedway. How how does that work? I so um, Speedway GPs just started. Here's the bit where everybody turns the podcast off because right. they all get bored. But uh, Speedway GPs just started, and it is like essentially the, the World Cup a Speedway. Um, right. Even though it's not because there, there is a Speedway World Cup that's not as good. Um, but essentially what happens is they've got like the 16 best riders. They chuck in at like a wild card every every round. Um, but what they do is it's like essentially like the Champions League. There's like, four, four, uh, there's like four riders and four riders face each other 20 times and then have a semi-final and a final and stuff like that. Um, but you can bet on the markets for what rider at the end of it is going to get more points than the other rider. Make a wee accumulator and I've done one and... and I won. Oh, maybe sixty quid, but uh, speedway basically just go around in circles. It's like NASCAR, but on motorbikes, isn't it? But bikes when he breaks around a dirt track, um, and I'll look for No, that's that's MotoGP. So uh, that, uh, that's uh, a slightly more interesting one. Speedway I'm, I'm is like just a excited bike from from Mario Kart is where my head's immediately going. You know, nah, <laughs> nah, nah speedway is literally just a, a loop, an oval loop, and it's four riders on bikes when he breaks. So. I'm not selling it very well. I can see by John's face. He's, I'm, he's I'm not, not going to be watching Speedway anytime like, soon. I'm, I'm not a massive like fan of that kind of repetitive kind of sport. You know, like Formula One and Nats. Come on, you, you watch WWE. We get the same match every fucking week. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Let's get, we'll talk about Raw later on. We'll get to the buddies and putovers. But yeah, you're right, Gary. That's a very valid point. Um, so yeah, let's, before we get into the, the main uh, crux of it, let's talk a wee bit about money in the bank. Um, we just had that there on Sunday. I thought it was, obviously, I think cause of the crowd was there. I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. Um, maybe it was just my kind of tinted eyes watching it from the crowd. What did you guys think? We totally agree with you. It was, I've been saying for now a year on end that they've just been putting out consistently good pay-per-views. You couldn't, wasn't really an overly flat match, particularly. I wouldn't say. Maybe the Viking Raiders AJ almost won was slightly. That was, that, that was a that good was, match, though. It was a good match. Yeah, it was a good match. You know, like all the both the title, all three of the title matches were really good, if not weird booking with Charlotte that then goes into Raw as well. So it just seems more of stacking wins for Charlotte in that department. But I think that would be the only real complaint. Like um, the Lashley Kofi match was tremendous. The Ben's Money in the Bank was tremendous. Then the Roman Edge match was tremendous. So. Yeah. What more do you want? Yeah, I feel like I overall I think um, I know we'll get into them in more detail in the biddies and put overs, but overall the, the three shows over the weekend, 
I'm not sure how much of one is driving the other, but it seems like either the crowd are making the shows much more bearable or because crowds are back, WWE maybe need to up their game a bit, which they have to, to please the crowds um, because obviously they've been able to control the reactions uh, that the um, segments have been getting for the past year and a half. So I, I just thought three solid uh, shows between SmackDown and Raw last night and obviously the big one in the middle was Money in the Bank. I There wasn't a match I didn't enjoy on it. I, th- I thought everything was good. It wasn't overly long. It was still a pretty concise yeah. pay-per-view. Every match had meaning. Every Everything seemed to make sense. And I um obviously delighted with Nicky Cross, but I know we'll get into that. Yeah. I did like I did like the booking of the end of that match of just everyone being distracted, yeah. fighting away that, at the top of the ladder, and Nikki just pings up and down, and that's it. Nice, easy done, terrific. Any buddies from the the card and or the the pay per view itself? Uh, the Ripley Charlotte booking for me is a little bit weird, and then from what happened on Raw, I mean, I get it. Obviously, it gets the title onto onto Nikki, which has now happened on Raw, which I'm sure we'll talk about more on Raw. Give another title. When, yeah, it just well, seems well, they, they took a couple off her. She's now she's only an eleven-time champion when she's actually won fourteen. So uh, the, I, I'm not sure about that. But the one thing I'll I think say, they're just slowly trying to build her back up to fourteen. Like it's, uh, I, I, I don't know why they took the NXT ones off. Although I don't, like they could have just left them. But um, the one thing I'll say, not confirmed and nobody's reported it yet. But I think Ripley lost for a reason um, and might be so, out for a little bit. Uh, so, so is there an injury related because that's now 3-0 Charlotte over Ripley yeah, which is... one, uh, that's, that's what the word going about um, I'd heard before the show that Charlotte might be winning and that that was the reason then I was surprised to, to see Ripley again on Raw and obviously the match before like the night before was a pretty lengthy match um, but that is the, the speculation is certainly didn't look like she was carrying anything I mean she worked she... apart from last night but obviously that could be mainly selling <laughs> the injury for the night before um, but I, that was the one thing that I told was just taking a bit of time off maybe so not too sure on that but right. we'll see that would explain it but either way that means that all apart from one cash in obviously we're not counting last year because nothing get cashed in last year on the women's side all but one cash in has been on Charlotte Flair for the money, <laughs> um, Gary, I was writing from the show that you weren't happy with. No, uh, I thought it was, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I wouldn't say it was like a 10 out of 10 show, but there was nothing that particularly upset me in any way. Um, oh, that, wait, wait, please. I Alexa Bliss, oh, sorry, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, purely um, putting mind control tactic, tactics oh, on Zelina Vega God. and getting her down the ladder. That and the, that match was a wee bit clunky as well. So yeah, I, 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 I don't Has look- anyone been watching Loki and noticed that she did the exact same hypnosis trick from Loki? So it's amazing how recent pop culture TV always influenced the WWE writers. Really. I, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be something similar for 30 years ago that they've watched and decided to reenact that, that it's just a coincidence. Loki's a bit too recent for a... That's <laughs> true, actually. That is true. The other one is Seth Rollins got new theme music, and is it even more awkward than his last theme music, or have I just been missing this for weeks? Oh, I didn't notice that. I, but one other bit that I will say, they showed a, a highlight package for the Viking Raiders, and they showed all that shite they done <laughs> fucking two years ago with the the Happy Gilmer golf and the bowling and the basketball. Oh, they showed. I was like, don't build them up by showing that. Come on, show. And then they had them come out in their full like Viking gear as well to give the absolute opposite impression that they just done in the video package as well. Mm. I'm like, if it's the two things that are up- upsetting anybody, then I mean, everything that was good outweighed that. So, 
Yeah, I guess a couple of buddies from me. Um, didn't I, I'd like to have seen the, the, the obviously when it changed titles and it's on the kickoff show. I never liked that, but it, they do a change of title on the kickoff show. Well, obviously, uh, the Mysterios losing out to the Usos, but again, that's going to be interesting moving forward with that the Usos and the Roman Reigns uh, storyline. Uh, but the other bit, I, I just think I feel sorry for Kofi Kingston because I mean it was very similar to the match he had against Brock Lesnar. And the fact no, it wasn't, it was considerably longer. <laughs> no, but that was it, it was longer, but he still got absolutely battered off, off of Ashley. Now, I get why they're doing that with Lashley. Obviously, we saw in Raw return to Goldberg and need to build Lashley up to probably get beat by Goldberg. But you know, um, I, I, just, I just think you know, I thought it should have been you know, I keep the title on Lashley, albeit, but Kofi should have got something in and should have got his... Do you know what I think it might be? Do you remember what else happened on the night? A certain Mr. Langston winning a certain briefcase. So the idea would be that is actually, in my head anyway, that would be the beginning of the Big E Lashley feud. So that's why they did the Kofi turn there. So you got Kofi losing only to have Big E win. So you got kind of the New Day crushed and the New Day up, if you know what I mean. Or or my thinking uh, would be that, I know that you've mentioned uh, Lashley and Big E there. Big E has said many times his dream match is Goldberg. So, oh no, <laughs> no, Gary, why do you always ruin? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have I, you, you guys know I can't stand Goldberg. I loved him when I was younger, but I, I, we don't need to see him. And also for a WWE Championship, again, we don't need to see it, but I've got no problem with seeing Lashley Goldberg or Biggie Goldberg. So I don't really mind. Yeah, yeah, um, I got. Yeah, I just, I, I'll be good to, you know, talk about the Money in the Bank winners. It was great seeing Big E win it. Uh, Drew, obviously, taking out the match. But I, I saw a tweet that you'd put up, Gary. I, I think actually taking Drew out the main event picture for a while is probably a good thing. Rather than, if he was to win, if he was to have won Money in the, the Bank, I think the crowd would have turned on him. They, they, all, they already kind of did. He was getting, like, the John Cena-Roman Reigns polarising reaction for a few years ago because he's been I think because he's been booked like that because I think the perfect story would have been to take Drew McIntyre out of the title picture for the past six months that we've had and then have him win money in the bank and then yeah. his cash in would have been that crowd moment that he didn't get two years ago yeah. uh, but I, I feel like they've done the right thing, Big E definitely as well, I, I would have been happy with Big E or probably Kevin Owens maybe even a Seth Rollins would have been a, an interesting kind of conundrum I think Big E was the choice that was yeah. the, the like almost unanimous. I think people, if you looked at one person that they said, "What's your dream pick for that?" They'd probably all pick Biggie. So I mean, you got to feel sorry for Drew. I mean, the, I think the creative around them has been the stuff that they've been making them say in scripts has just been fucking awful, man. Talking about locking monsters and but Drew Gender. We're getting Drew Gender. Who doesn't want Drew versus Gender? Drew exercising perhaps the biggest demon of his past because he's not there anymore. I also think that'll be a good match. <laughs> I'm really excited for the actual match. It's, it's, yeah, it's and it's it's also going to make Drew look probably really strong because Ginger's got the Indus Share Boys beside him. Or they're going to use Drew to make Ginger look really strong. How's the Indian market looking just now, Gary? Any, <laughs> Nothing's happened, but there's always that NXT India on the back burner. So you know, yeah, we really. obviously had what, uh, the Indian pay per view last year, start of this year. Uh, yeah. Start of this year, so. What about um, putting over from the show then? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I completely marked out when Cena, the Cena music played. The only thing I would say about Cena returning, and I loved it, and it was just like great. 
I would like to have seen Roman Reigns just fucking speed him when he's doing all this shit in the ring. He's giving it all that. I'd love to have seen Big Roman just go boom through him, and then that would have been beautiful. Well, my favourite thing about this is, you know, most people, they have it in their mind that Roman Reigns is going to win. With John Cena, there's always that wee element of doubt. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're never going to write off John Cena for winning a title at a pay-per-view, particularly, you know, like a SummerSlam. So there's always that wee tiny bit of doubt. Um, but I, I loved it. My actual main, the, the things that I loved about it, for a start, John Cena's hair, big man suits the quiff, I really like it. Um, <laughs> but the, the main thing. Away. He's got a wee bit, uh, yeah, but, a wee bit that, bald at the back. That's why the quiff is good. It can, it can just comb it over a wee bit and it hides the wee bald a, bit, a wee bit more than his flat top did. But the main <laughs> thing that I liked was actually the fact that because how much he have established heel Roman Reigns is now and because they obviously the crowd being back for like the first time at a pay-per-view second time you know because Smackdown was there the pop that John Cena got and the fact that he just got cheered he got a few uh, John Cena sucks on Raw last night but he got he got a babyface reaction and I loved that I, I just loved uh, loved seeing him back and loved hearing the crowd go mental for him yeah yeah and that main event itself it was a very attitude era main event. We had ref bumps, we had interference <laughs> left, right, and center from Rollins and the Usos and Mysterio. Too much interference was which was a bit of a shame for me. Had uh, like, yeah, I don't that, understand why yeah, Seth interfered and then came back. I thought that was I don't, I don't understand why they did that, but no, it was great. I thought Edge came out of it looking great as well. And obviously, again, it just sets up the Edge Seth match, which is I think everyone yeah, it gives it gives Edge something to do outside the title picture. So it, yeah. they, they did have storyline repercussions, I guess. So and that they did build to the Seth interference as well because did he not do a promo? Yeah, he uh, did. Post yeah. Money in the Bank, post the Money in the Bank match, pre- made the main event as well. It made it a little bit obvious of what was coming next. If I'm honest with you, but, but it's also. Nice. It was also another long edge match. It's like for a guy that doesn't compete much Mm -hmm. and obviously hadn't competed for what nine years, every match that he's had, apart from like the wee tag team one on SmackDown, but almost every match he's had has been about half an hour long at least. So Roman Roman and Randy work quite a slow, methodical pace. Methodical. I was gonna say you can't say slow methodical is the word that we always (laughs) it's it's the triple H, it's the triple H WWE main event style is what they work. So you know they can they could do a three-hour Iron Man match and it would be fine. (laughs) But with every passing pay-per-view and every passing week on uh, SmackDown, Roman Reigns just further cements his place as probably the best wrestler in the world at the moment. He's just character promo. The talk throughout the match is incredible. You know, in the ring, he can do it. He's just, he is, he's just absolutely incredible. You know, like I did see, I was reading an article, he will, you know, looking back on this period of his career, put himself up there with the Stone Colds, the Cena's, the Rocks, the Hogan's of this world uh, at the top of the card. So, no, really, really good. And, by the way, Gary, if you've not seen this gif that Gary put on his Twitter of uh, Roman Reigns when he went and picked up a chair and a woman goes, I love you, we love you, Roman, and he just kind of looks at her and she just shits it. It's brilliant. Does he not do that? Uh, Does he not put his finger up at her as well? Or is that I don't know. I know. He snaps the chair like together to obviously have it folded to to use as a weapon almost immediately after she said it. And it's not just Roman Reigns' reaction; it's the wee boy next to him. I'm not sure if it's something that was where, <laughs> if it's brilliant. a son or what. But <laughs> stares a hole right through. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely brilliant. No, good, good. Um, looking forward to SummerSlam now, and we will be doing a SummerSlam watch along on our uh, channel, uh, Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. So. 
we can get involved in that. So get signed up there. Um, but I think before we go further, I've had a bit of a rubbish day, Gary. And do you know what I need in my life? I need to laugh and smile. And do you know what I need? A joke from Gary Cassidy. Well, I was actually in a wee bit of a rush to get back for the pay-per-view, uh, for the pay-per-view, sorry, for the podcast today, because uh, I went, I walked to the park, uh, true story, about a two-hour two walk to the park near me, and um, and came back, obviously, a wee bit sweaty, but I went to the park, and um, it's Parshaw Park, I don't know if any of you been, but it's got a helter-skelter, uh, so I decided to go up the helter-skelter, um, went down it, it was absolutely brilliant, now I'm addicted to helter-skelters, it's the beginning of a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, I like that one. That's made me smile. Uh, fantastic. On the, the show, and of course, we will be burying and putting over stuff from all the big shows. Uh, definitely, Raw seems af- off the back of uh, the pay-per-view. Really exciting, Raw, and lots going on in AEW and the rest of the brands. And it is the first time we have had a challenger to the New Age Mark Laws. Uh, Rico and Bronze Chill, who normally review SmackDown for us, a challenge has been accepted, um, and we will find out what happens when our challenger Ryan comes on with them on Buddy and Put Over. Um, but first, I think it's about time we cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, gentlemen, um, hand me over the mic because I want to cut a promo on something I think that. I think you'll both agree with me on this one. I know we don't always see eye to eye when it comes on things I get annoyed about, but everyone, I think, listen, will agree on this one. Um, you're both, Alex, you're a driver. Gary, do you drive? No, I don't drive. You don't drive. It's, it's probably more for, for Alex, this one then. Right, I just want to say to those drivers out there that don't acknowledge good driving etiquette your fannies, right? Now, by acknowledgement, right? So if you let... I some... thought you were going to say that don't acknowledge the tribal chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The you mean you don't have your Roman Reigns bumper sticker yet? <laughs> yeah. In the bin. Well, that would be good. That would be good. Uh, but yeah, right. Here's an example. Here's a couple of examples, actually. So you flash someone. You let them into the lane. You've done a good teach. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to do that. You, you know, little tap of the hazard warning lights. Thank you very much. It's a little bit of acknowledgement. Or, for example, you're on a road which only allows for, and there's a car part, you know, you don't have to let this person pass, but you know what? I want to be a good guy. We flash the lights. They come past your car. They put a little two, you know, on the steering wheel, a little two-finger salute, you know, the little two fingers go up to say, yep, thank you very much, sir. We nod, of the, we nod and away we go to the races. People that don't do that are arseholes. And you know who these people are? Fucking Audi drivers. That, that, there is a real... Sorry if you're driving it. You're doing well. Everybody will agree with this. I bet you about 90% of people that listen to this podcast drive Audis now. Yeah. Do you know... I, I, don't, know if we've, I don't know if we've got any Audi drivers um, in our listen to us. We may do. If you do drive an Audi and listen to this podcast and you acknowledge people with hazard warnings or... You know, now I'm not talking. See, when you acknowledge someone when they're driving, this is this annoys me. And maybe there's a slight difference between men and women. You do you give the the two fingers up, Alex, when someone you've you know? I, I more do like a half hand thumbs up and half hand back down. I do like a full fist rotation. No, usually. I love the fact that anybody that isn't watching the video version of this, when you're saying two fingers up, they're gonna hang. <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> <no. laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're <sighs> 
imagine your grand now if you're listening to the podcast, imagine you've got a steering wheel in your hand and your two fingers next to your thumb go up and it's just a little two fingers together. Almost like what do you call oh, the Hunger Games? There you go. It's like the Hunger Games when you acknowledge them going past. So yeah. I'm glad, but Alex, no, you can, do you take your hand off the wheel and like wave at them I've and get them, them both up? I just do that. Like, nah, nah. Is I'm that, sorry, John. I apologize that uh, my, my way of showing appreciation isn't acceptable for you. Well, I, I so. got, but the main thing is you're showing appreciation, Alex, and you don't drive an Audi. But uh, if you do drive an Audi, wait, getting back to the point, and you do acknowledge, I apologize. Please let us know here at Wrestling Daft. That would be great. But yeah, uh, driver acknowledgement. Let's make it. Uh, that happen, people. Just thank the person that's been good to you, right? Hazard warning lights, two fingers up, not a thumbs up like Alex does. That would be great. Thank you very much. So every week we'll be back at the big wrestling shows. We separate the good from the bad as we bury and put over stuff from them. We've already talked about money in the bank, but let's talk about the go-home shows to them and the aftermath as well as AEW. Now, I'll introduce Alex, who does AEW, Gary, who does Raw, Rico, one half of the New Age Mark Laws, uh, other half is missing today, so he's out on a solo performance. Now, every week, they do SmackDown, right? And we always throw down the gauntlet saying, if you want to challenge the boys to come on, be one of our reviewers of the show, you're welcome. And someone has inserted coin and a new challenger has been accepted. Let's welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks. It's Ryan. Oh, I'm, well, I'm here to end the reign of terror, the New Age Mark Clause. So, <laughs> end of terror. So. He's, over, he's, he's on a good start. He's on a good start. So, uh, Rico, you're the heel, just, just so you know. Uh, oh, cool. Hey, I'll be the heel. Yeah, cool. <laughs> You've got to heal up. You've got to heal up. Um, Ryan, tell us about your wrestling credentials. Tell us about your wrestling background. Uh, well, I've been a wrestling fan for pretty much my full life. Uh, I can remember like watching uh, Batista and like John Cena. That was the kind of when I started watching when they were like champions and I have just uh, watched ever since. ICW kind of guy, do you go and see any of the events or are you, are you Discovery or anything like that? Uh, well no, I, I like pretty much everything. I've not been to any ICW shows but I have seen pretty much uh, all the shows on like YouTube and stuff, and uh, I like AEW as well. So, yeah. all right, okay, a man of many talents. There we go. You better watch your spot, Alex. Um, uh, right, so here's how it's going to break down. We're just going to go through the shows as we normally do. When we get to SmackDown, you each get a buddy and put over, and then at the end of the show, at the end of this segment, we'll find out where we're at. You happy with that, boys? Yeah, that's fine. You want any uh, trash talk, Rico? Like, you, you want to heal it up a wee bit? I'll let, I'll let Ryan go first if he wants to have a wee go. Well, uh, I was disappointed in Bronze Cello when he uh, bottled it, basically, last week. Uh, but you know what? I, I applaud him because he knew he was going to get beat this week. So, yes. you know. Yes, this is great. Rico, would you like to respond? <laughs> I feel like it's fight and talk. That's fight and talk, my man. So, uh, is that a Man City shirt you've got on there? Is it? As I. So, Glory Hunter, obviously. You want to yeah, come in. When the chips are down, you want to come in 
<laughs> and try and beat me when my tag team partner's away. That's fine. That's exactly. fine. <laughs> I can see what kind of guy you're like. That's fine. <laughs> right. Well, let's hold it there, boys. I feel, you know, let's hold it there. We'll wait till we get to the main event and then we'll find out what's happening. Uh, let's first then go to NXT last week and it is my turn. Where do you think I'm going to go first, boys? Where do you think I'm going to go for my first put over? Where do you think I'm going to go? Does it begin with, with a certain hick who's, who's currently fighting a very mouthy man who's got yeah. a belt that's made of diamonds? Right. I'm going to say, is that a place in uh, California? Ellie Knight. <laughs> My word. I was wanting the skits. The skits were brilliant. There's, they, they, they flipped it on its head, so you thought Grimes was going to have to do all the kind of butler stuff, but then he just ends up paying like a wee guy to do everything for him. Was quite happy to be the butler. He was like, look at, oh, look at great this butler gear. Just just absolutely brilliant. Loved, love, love the skits. Uh, long may it continue. I just love how they flipped it in the head. I don't know where it's going to progress to, but... I, I, do you know what? They'll end up probably being a tag team or something like that. But you know what? Loved it. Absolutely. Can they stretch it out to the Dusty Roads Classic 2022? That's oh, the best. that'd be a shout. That'd be that'd a be shout. shout. I don't know if they'll, they'll manage to manage that, but you'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But love, love, loving this the stuff they're doing with Grimes and Ellie Light. Long may it continue. First, buddy, let's move on to Zia Lee now. For me, the, the looks like she's going to. She came to into the ring and she put in a challenge against Raquel Gonzalez, kind of laid down the gauntlet. It's too early, I think, to to put. I mean, it's been a weird one with Raquel Gonzalez. She's not really done much with the title since winning it, and now like Zia Lee, So you've got this kind of heel versus heel dynamic. I just think with the Shinja stuff, they should have built it a bit more. Um. So yeah, I'm not. I think it's. Again, like we talked about earlier, Nikki Cross being a bit too early for her. I think it's too early for for Zioe. You know, eventually let's get there with her. But I just thought a bit too early for that. I think. Um, let's do another buddy forward in this kind of thing. Um, Mandy Rose, it's just strange. So Mandy Rose turns up in NXT and she just kind of stands at the top of the ramp uh, when. Um, it was Sarai in a wrestler called TJ Doan. Um, and she just kind of stood and kind of nodded and acknowledged. I don't know where they're going, but it's very strange that they put Mandy Rose seemingly back in NXT. What's the scoop, Gary? Do you know what's happening? No idea. That was it took me by surprise as well. I'm, I'm guessing it's just the kind of thing where, I mean, she wasn't really doing much on Raw. There was a weird thing that happened. I didn't see the original Instagram story, but somebody put up a photo of an Instagram story, supposedly, from Dana Brooke. And it was a weird one because it had a caption that said one week and then it had the pregnant emoji. But it's like, nobody would be, you wouldn't post that you were one week pregnant. You probably wouldn't even know if you were one week pregnant. So there was a weird bit of speculation about that. I wouldn't read too much into that, but we've not really seen Dana Brooke or Mandy Rose on Raw for a while. And there's quite a lot of women on Raw. And quite a lot, I mentioned it last week, a lot of storylines that are not really getting TV time anyway. So maybe it's just the kind of thing where it was like, well, she's not doing anything on Raw, chuck it in NXT and, and yeah. see what happens there. So but, I, I don't mind it. I, I don't hate it as much as you seem to. Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. It's just, uh, I don't know. Where, I mean, we'll, bet, we'll see how it, where it goes. But uh, she's, Sarai looks really, I mean, I don't know if you saw the drop kick that 
through the ropes that she gave to this poor lassie TJ Doan who has just I've hadn't seen the next team. Our opponent was uh, the former Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla Kelly, the, yeah. Aye, so um and obviously hasn't really like she was with Cora Jade, who used to be Elena Black and the women's tag team Dusty Cup um women's aye. version of that. And the match was on 205 Live, so no many people seen it. Uh, and, and she's just not really been seen since. But it's surprising because she is like a very established indie wrestler. And I know WWE's a different kettle of fish, but we've just not seen much yeah. here at all. But, but I thought that match was a, a really enjoyable match for, for all we got here anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. Um, and we had, the, talking about Japanese wrestlers, uh, Ikemen Shiro had the, the start of the tournament, the breakout tournament, uh, Duke Hudson. Uh, now, Duke Hudson, I think, has done quite a bit or in progress and things like that, but he did look very much create a wrestler um, it's my favorite name so i'm just glad that he's a <laughs> we're gonna see more of him i was gutted uh, Giro did go through his wrestles in a suit jacket man <laughs> and that you know in fashion corner i was like more suit jackets and rest while wrestling i'm all for that let's keep that up i um, like that because he was the obvious favorite i think to win the full thing so i, I like yeah. this way of chucking him out straight away yeah, absolutely. Um, and we also put over, um, you know, we've got Joe there. Obviously, he was refereeing the main event between Gargano and uh, Cross. But there's little teases of Joe matches, and I'm thinking, yes, I want to see that. So we've got, obviously, tease Cross looks like it's going to happen, depending on what's, we've, you know, when, once we get into Raw and we'll talk about Cross on Raw, I'm guessing. But there's a little tease, you know, obviously we, there's not a little tease that, that looks like it's going to happen, obviously, uh, Cross versus Joe. But then there's a, a kind of moment backstage where he bumps into Pete Dunne. I want to see that match as well. And then Adam Cole, it looks like the kind of, you know, there's been bits and back, back and forth between him and Joe as well. So three matches you really like to see happen um and you know whether i'm i'm guessing joe's good there's no way they would have crossed he might still be he might still be injured and they're just trying to prolong it out until he's actually healthy enough to wrestle maybe but i i mean there's no way they would they would they cross put him on, on in the straight jacket on him um and you don't think there's no way they would have that happen unless joe could you know Wrestle. I think they'd have veered heavier into the, the way I thought they were going in the first place where they were just going to have Joe be like the enforcer for William Regal. I think they'd have veered heavier into that side of it if they weren't going to have him wrestle. It definitely it definitely seems like we're going to see a similar Joe match in NXT again. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm all for Although, it. Oh, no, I'll get made to look like a fool when it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match of the night, I'm going to give it. I, I, I really should probably give it to the main event, but... But I don't know why, just Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon, I really, really enjoyed that match. Really, really enjoyed that. Ember Moon's great. Um, obviously, Shotzi's went up to the kind of main roster, and now she's kind of swimming again because she's not involved in the tag division. But, yeah, um, I, I, I think she's brilliant, Ember Moon. Really, really good. And uh, Dakota Kai's brilliant as well. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens between her and Gonzalez going forward as well. Um, but, yeah. Joy Boy NXT, we're getting there, lots of things going on, but um, yes, let's move on, shall we? Let's go. Um, I, do you know what? I think we should leave SmackDown to the end. So let's 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 come to Alex next and AEW last week. You're fucking with the time period, mate. I don't like it. We have a timeline <laughs> and you've ruined it. 
So here we are in the third edition of AEW's Fighter Fest. Who'd have ever thought that it would have lasted considerably longer than its namesake, the Fire Festival? Way sorry, I just never have made that jab before. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump immediately into Fashion Corner because there's a lot of things that pleased me this week. None more so than Nick Jackson deciding to have an acid trip with what he was wearing. It was beautiful. I've never seen a man in a fully matching shirt and short tie-dye combination that has left me so satisfied. He's also managed to grow back such a marvellous goatee in a week. So he really, really is my hero. And I promise next week I'll not mention Nick Jackson. Um, but one one small fashion berry, right? Did anyone catch what Mr. Mr. Powerhouse Hobbs was rocking? No, but I was going to say, I, I really hope you're going to mention Hook. Because I thought Hook was like the epitome of fashion. Yeah, yeah, his, his leather trousers are pretty badass, <laughs> isn't they? Like, but uh, but you know, like Hobbs next to him, he had did he have like the tight white t-shirts, nipples showing like very heavily, and then he had a pair of dungarees with one strap undone, and I was just like, what? I, I don't even think I paid attention to Powerhouse Hobbs because I was like, Hook looks like Danny Zuko, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, a bit rather, I was like, it looks brilliant. So. so maybe that's why they've had to cast Brian Cage out of Team Taz now because he's not fashionable enough. <laughs> it wasn't going to wear dungarees. <laughs> they can't, this is the can't problem. Like, actually, thinking about it, but all of Brian Cage's ring gear is now orange and black, which now he's been tossed out of Team Taz. He probably can't wear anymore. So yeah, nah, I still have... his TNA name. He can just bring back his TNA gear. Um, I actually, I, I don't really have any berries this week. I thought it was another terrific show. The crowd coming back has made such a big difference. Even Jr. was was absolutely fine. Like, I, have, I even have a quote from JR, actually, my favourite quote of the night, when talking about the only thing that's almost as hot as John Cena was on Sunday night, which is Sammy Guevara, and he called him hotter than donut grease. And I was like, boom, I love it. <laughs> You're really happy, Jim. Well done. So, um, yeah, so since I have no berries, I'm going to be cheeky and give myself a third put over. So, over <laughs> number one. Um, the entire John Moxley, Carl Anderson New Japan US title match. Just everything about it was terrific. I thought Carl Anderson's entrance was was on point. They really built Carl up to be an actual threat to Mox. And for a little bit, I thought he actually might have won. They were talking about his lineage in New Japan. They were all that stuff as well. So it was well done Excalibur for pulling all that through and well done Carl for pulling out the match. And there was even a class little bit at the start where Eddie Kingston just immediately attacked Gallows just to take him out of the equation, which again is just great, sensible wrestling booking. Loved it. And we ended that with having a challenge from Lance Archer for next week, which is a Texas death match in Texas. So again, I love that kind of stuff. It makes sense. And I think we could legitimately see Mox drop the title here, I think. Do you think? If you're going to do it now is the time, as he has been champ since, what, like 500 days ago. And unfortunately, he's not really been able to do much with it because of his, because of, well, the pandemic and him not being able to get to Japan. So... I think you could put it on Archer. He's, he's, I think he's also one of the people who works for New Japan, so he will bounce back and forth. I don't think he's turned up and strong yet, but I'd imagine he would. And I think Archer deserves to get a belt put on him. I think he's been terrific. And his promo work over the last couple of months is really paying off dividends after a couple of years with Jake. So give that man a belt. And I think giving him the New Japan belt is the right belt to give him. So do that. <laughs> do that. Um, Put over number There's also two. the intrigue now, though, because um, you messed up the timeline, John, but I'm sure Alex would have probably mentioned or might even mention that a certain uh, Switchblade is now in well, that, well, you see, I, I do my things in chronolo- chronological order, Gary, so I was getting to that. Yeah, excellent. In that case, I will uh, I will take a backseat. <laughs> well, the, the advantage of that, it does actually, that does help my timeline, because I was going to interject after SmackDown to talk about that to maintain <laughs> the timeline, so it has helped me being a prick, so... 
Um, over number two, Mr. Cody Rhodes and his microphone. Just, again, terrific promo work. Like, I really like the way they started it. Like, he started on the commentary desk and then, like, on the headset as if he was talking to the viewers and he just come out the back. Like, I love it when promo segments start much more organically and it's not just someone coming out with a mic in, like, a pre-time segment, you know? Probably wouldn't happen. But if it's just Cody coming out and just the way the whole situation evolved, it was terrific. He kind of saved Excalibur's ass a little bit by calling him Tommy End Malachi Black. So they're maybe going to do some kind of split personality with him, which is maybe slightly concerning. But he's still not wearing any socks. So 10 points, Alistair. Please never wear socks. Please never change. And I've just called him Alistair. So bury me. What a dick <laughs> egg. Oh, damn. They are the names you chose the wrong damn. one. You're Jim <laughs> Ross, for goodness sake. And I was putting over Jim Ross and everything to begin with this segment. Damn it. Damn it. But my final put over for this show is that we're getting a meaningful Survivor Series match just before Survivor Series, which I think is terrific, or like a couple of months before. So it's like, hey, WWE, here's this five-on-five traditional Survivor Series elimination match that you hate. We're going to do it and actually have some meaning to it where people will care. So, yeah, I'm glad they've kind of booked that, and I'm glad the beginning of the Omega page rivalry is starting off of Faction Warfare. So you're actually getting something from the Adam Page Dark Order kind of storyline. It's obviously, I mean, that's kind of an organic one since Brody and stuff, but yeah, I think that'll be fun. It'll give the Dark Order guys good elevation, getting them in the ring with Bucks and Omega and stuff as well. And yeah, another great promo segment. Another great promo segment. Um, match of the night obviously has to be that main event, which was absolutely terrific. I'd imagine Gary would have been all over that. as two of his boys. Love that. Mm. Love that. <laughs> on the money like great great crowd work as well like all the stuff like was it that pile driver that i legitimately thought darby had died and um, also for those interested i did actually look up what the difference between a casket and a coffin was because originally i thought they were just being dicks to try and change it from wwe and it turns out it's the shape so yeah oh. it, the, a coffin has an elongated shape well a casket is traditionally square so it was actually a coffin match so 10 points then and 20 points to Darby for doing a coffin drop through the coffin after he'd won the match. My favourite thing about that is I think you can sympathise with either one of them because I'm going, if you're claustrophobic, that Ethan Page bit is the worst thing ever. And if you're scared of heights, the Darby Allen part is like the worst thing ever. So it's well, just it's like, like, it's just he was, he was in the coffin just waiting for Darby <laughs> to jump on him for like three minutes. You know, like all he had to gauge was crowd reactions and hope that he got it just as they were going up. So he must have just been like tensed, waiting for a bump for ages. It must have been class. I still but, fear for Darby Allen's career. The guy's just not going to last, but he's making sure it's worthwhile every second that he has able to compete. So Exactly. But it's what happens when you come from the world of skateboarding. I guess maybe get him in the ring with Steve. We'll see who lasts longer. Get him in the ring with Steve. What do see Jeff? What did you see Jeff Darby? That's just like who can kill themselves first match or just something. You wait like until that Jeff Hardy fucking WWE contract expires. Where do you think he's immediately going? Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> um, thank you very much. Alex. Well, finally, John, we have to very quickly talk about Slammiversary. Uh, but I, was is... going to, I was actually going to, when I came to Gary, I was actually going to, because we all know Gary oh. is the biggest impact market of us all. Uh, do you want to talk Slammiversary before Gary gets his stuff in? No, because then I'll be ruined. The, I'm gonna, I want to talk about the end of Slammiversary. So right. if Gary wants to talk about anything predating, and I've been to the oh. dick about chronological order. So before we talk I can about r- round it up, the best thing about it is that No Way Jose appealed. <laughs> As opposed to Jay White, we're like, Aye. yo, we're no way Jose. Jay White, Thunder Rosa, Mickey James, ah. who cares? No way Jose turned up. 
That was like the blow off of like uh, Tommy Dreamer kept mentioning No Way Jose. Or some, well, he didn't mention it. Somebody would mention the words No Way Jose and Tommy Dreamer was popping up. And it happened three times in the past year where he said, no, we've not signed that guy. So it was just a nice like blow off to that, uh, that week. How has he, how has he managed to get out of WWE with his name? I don't get it. He's not. He's getting called No Way, which is the part of the name I didn't think he'd use. So okay. <laughs> it's better than just Jose. So it's aye, fine. so um, so I but but no, um, that was really good. Obviously, Alex is more excited by the ending, I think, than I am for many reasons. Uh, but I loved seeing Mickey James there, Diona Prazo versus uh, Thunder Rosa was great. And the main thing that I really liked didn't even happen on the show. It went out as a social exclusive afterwards. And I believe something has happened at the tapings that are um, going for TV. So apologies if I'm going to spoil it for anybody. Um, but Chris Bay has joined Bullet Club, which I love. So uh, <laughs> I, that's that, that was the most exciting thing for me. And um, and I know Alex is going to. I'm not even going to mention the ending yeah. because I know that Alex is going to love it. Well, I think the big the big exciting thing is, as we all know, um, Jay White turns up after the Omega Callahan match, which I really enjoyed the Omega Callahan match. I'm glad that they made it a no DQ, as I thought. Why have an Omega fucking Callahan match if it's not going to be DQ? It's just be silly. Um, so, I mean, Jay White came out at the end, but the weird thing is, it seems as though they're pivoting Jay towards more his like continuous strong feuds. So, he seems to be going after like David Finlay and stuff as well. But the best part is having the new Bullet Club actually within the new kind of open door segment of all the companies because we haven't had really had much presence from them so far. So, excited for that. And it'll give the elite something else to feud with. My confusion is that there is, and obviously Alex knows more about New Japan than me, but there is a pretty big New Japan event this weekend that I'm sure Jay White is advertised for. But I don't know if it's in America or Japan. I was under the impression it's in Japan. It's like Slam Slammiversary pre-taped? Maybe. Because the, yeah, because I think I think that's what it might have been. I, uh, I realise that Slam normally is one of the ones that they do live, but it might have actually been pre-taped. So. I don't know what the I don't know what the because I don't know what the Japanese border situation is like because obviously they've got the Tokyo Olympics and if Jay White say like a, a vaccinated resident, he might be able to travel. Ah, yeah. You know, so it's like it's got past the stage now. I think it's. It's not as black and white as saying that you can't get from A to B because of quarantine at the moment. So. Yeah, aye. So, aye, but no, that was exciting stuff. The, the COVID politics is more uh, complicated than wrestling these days. I have no idea what is going on <laughs> and what you're allowed to do. So, yeah, let's move on from that and let's talk about Raw after Money in the Bank. Gary, there was a lot of stuff going on last night in front of the first live crowd. I am going to struggle here, but I'm going to try my best to keep it to, to, to two biddies, two putovers. My biddies are pretty easy. Um, but the putover, actually, honorary mention first, the crowd is a biddy and a putover, but they're not getting involved because I love that the crowd's back. I hate two things about the crowd. I hate the first thing that I hate about the crowd being back is that the what chants are back. Fucking hate the what chants. And WWE even, even encouraged that they put out a video about missing the what chants. So I don't encourage that shit. Um, but the other thing about the crowd that I hate is that they, they cheered Jackson Riker. So what? I was in Texas, but cheered oh. Jackson Riker. Fucking nightmare. Who was it who um, kept calling it Cowtown? Was it Pat McAfee who kept calling it Cowtown all night? And I, I really I like so, that. Uh... Yeah, I love that. Sorry. <laughs> um, quick, quick Pat McAfee put over. Sorry. But um, I put over John Cena. Fucking, I've spoken about him a lot already, but he's getting mentioned again. John Cena, just can we, can we have that reaction again, please? Because I think that's the best I've ever heard anyone react to John Cena. 
Uh, but the pop wasn't even, it wasn't as big as the Money in the Bank one, understandably, because he'd been announced to open the show and stuff. But he came back, cut a brilliant promo and, you know, the, the typical John Cena, Cena promo that we all knew what promo we were getting. But he, he had a really good promo on Roman Reigns. He gave it the, you know, he didn't really fuck about with the promo. He gave it with the, everybody wants to know how, why, where, what, all that stuff. And he just said, uh, oh, I came back. Who brought me back? I, brought, I came back because of the fans. And then they said, but you're not the only reason. I also came back because of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is an asshole. And I was like, big pop, because John Cena hardly ever swears. And obviously, asshole isn't a swear word. But it was as close as we're getting for John Cena in, uh, in the, the current form of wrestling. So that was good. Um, Biddies. I've already mentioned Jackson Riker, so I'm not letting him take up any of my biddies, even though he is the standard for, for the biddies. <sighs> Alex, a bliss lily stuff. <laughs> Going back to the well. Up until that happened, I was like, this Raw is about an 8 or a 9 out of 10, just because of how bad Raw has been for the past two-ish years. I really enjoyed, like, it got to the point where I'm like, man, we're getting to the end of Raw, and, and I'm enjoying it. Like, I've not really looked at the clock. I've not really thought, oh, that was really, really bad about anything. And then the Alexa Bliss and Lily segment came back. And Alexa Bliss, I keep saying it, she's doing amazing work. They'd got rid of the Lily doll for a few weeks, and I was like, I can kind of put up with even the, the rubbish or parts of this story. Um, because the doll isn't there, and then they brought the doll back. But I do think that the doll is going to be that the doll and do drop are the same thing because do drop as a formula lily, the flower lily. So I think they're going to work it in that way. She sometimes wears pigtails. I think that's going to be the payoff. And when it happens, it's getting buried as well. Um, but that's that's the first bury. Second bury, I was going to bury Keith Lee. Sorry, no Keith Lee losing um, because I don't have a problem with that. Um, I might as well say it. Second put over then is Keith Lee coming back. Uh, and not just Keith Lee coming back, Keith Lee being a big deal coming back, even though he lost the match, because people are saying, oh, he lost the match. That's no good. He came back to challenge the WWE champion. He yeah. got out of the hurt lock. They also yeah. made a massive deal of him coming back on commentary. It was an, a genuine surprise as well. I thought Xavier Woods was going to be the challenger because he pinned Bobby Lashley last week. When the green light came on, I didn't quite clock the, the 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 theme, and they didn't have the big Keith Lee at the start. I don't think so. I thought it was Ricochet that was coming out. So I love Ricochet, but it was a nice surprise getting Keith Lee instead of Ricochet. So I'm gonna put over Keith Lee coming back. That was brilliant. Um, the other Barry, what I was gonna say was I was gonna bury carrying Cross losing, but I actually don't care that much. I know that he's what. I know it's his first loss in singles action in WWE, but I think there's story to be told. I was mere upset Scarlett didn't come out with him, so I'm hoping the loss is going to be... I hope... My hope is that he's going to turn up on NXT tonight, say, look, I've ran rampant on NXT. I don't want the title anymore. It's a distraction. I'm going to Raw. I'm taking Scarlett with me, and then we get next week some kind of story. So I'm not too upset about, and I don't really care that much about carrying Cross and all honesty. He'd be upset about him losing. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let John be, uh, John can be outraged about that. It doesn't does really uh, swing for me. So I'm not going to bury that. What the fuck? <laughs> my, my bury, my bury, even though I'm excited about the potential matches for the first time ever in his return. I'm still burying Goldberg coming back and getting a WWE Championship match because he's lost his past two WWE Championship matches and he's been nowhere. And then he comes back and he fucking gets a WWE Championship match. And I don't mind it because Lashley-Goldberg will be an all right match. It leads us to potentially getting 
either Lashley or Goldberg versus Big E, or maybe even Lashley versus Lesnar. So I don't mind that too much, but I still need to bury Goldberg coming back because I kind of be fucked seeing him in 2021. You're right. So, You're right. Well, let's get back to carrying cross. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Carrying cross makes us. We'll get. There's a. There's a story coming up in the news about it. Right. But carrying cross gets his debut without Scarlett, and then gets beat off fucking Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy with no more words as his theme tune. I can't believe you didn't put that over. By the way. Um, but um, all right. What the fuck? WWE. Karrion Cross has been built as an absolute machine, and listen, he, he, he does look a bit stiff in the ring, but he's still a big... Was that, was that technically his first WWE loss as well? Yes! yes. First, first singles uh, loss. Yes! Vince, he's a Vince guy, this is the kind of guy that Vince loves, and he's getting beat off Jeff fucking Hardy! It was a, It was also it was an unclean win. Jeff Hardy put his feet in the ropes. Know, and stuff. So, so there might be a story to be told. I, I, don't, I don't mind care. that. I, mean, I don't care. The only person. So, yeah. Well, I think it does. The one thing they have done is book themselves out of a streak. So it means that they don't have an undefeated wrestler that they need to somehow defeat. So they've got that yeah. straight. I, I, Vince hates streaks. Uh, fucking, I love ending them. So, uh, but I, I also actually meant to mention when my John Cena put over. He done a wee segment with Riddle at the start, which I found a bit irritating, but everybody loved, so it deserves a mention. But I actually need to do a wee honorary put over for Riddle because he done a wee tiny thing that I fucking loved during the first match. So you, he's not about John, <laughs> John Morrison's dripstick, and he's actually got a t shirt now that says America's Moist Wanted, and he gets announced to the ring as America's Moist Wanted. I can't have a problem with it, I think it's absolutely brilliant. But they've done a wee, just a wee amazing half a second thing in the match. It was a riddle teaming with the Viking Raiders against um, Morrison, Omos, and AJ. And they had Riddle run around. Miz was behind Omos, who was facing away from him, waiting for a tag. Miz is in his wheelchair with the drip sticks, and Riddle runs around, picks up the drip stick, and squishes Omos and runs away again. So Omos has taken out the match because he's chasing Miz in a wheelchair up the ramp, which was just brilliant. It's like that's the entertainment <laughs> side of wrestling that I want to see. Is that yeah, t-shirt yeah. and this whole dripstick thing maybe not a little bit risque for WWE? Yes, and that's, why, that's and like, why it's great. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way, where they've put some of the liquid at the top of the dripstick on the t-shirt. It's uh, and, and suggestive. The, the dripstick also looks like it could be slightly phallic as well. Um, but I've saved my match of the night. So I've obviously, there's something that I've definitely not mentioned. My match of the night, there was, you know... Lee versus Lashley was a good match. There was a few good matches. If I was going to bury something else, it would have been the women's tag match because we didn't need to see any of that. Um, I also didn't mention Reginald being World 24-7 champion, which is uh, hundreds of stuff happened. But the thing that I'm saving for match of the night, and it wasn't a great match by any means, but even though it was an eight-second long match, only featuring a crossbody and a pinfall, and my match of the night is Nicky Cross versus Charlotte Flair, purely for the outcome, uh, purely because Nicky Cross is now a Raw Women's Champion. So I don't care if it was an eight-second match where a pretty ropey-looking crossbody, because we've got Nicky Cross as the Women's Champion, and that's all that matters. So that's match of the night. Yeah. Quite right, Scottish champion. We need to we need to take all the wins we get here in Scotland. So brilliant to see Nikki as champion. Um, right then, it's get time to get to the main event now. Let's go to we'll go back in time and we'll, we'll mess with the timeline this week. So apologies, but we need to get to this. Let's go to Ryan and Rico for SmackDown. Now, would you like to go first, Rico? Would you like to go second? 
was defending champion. I will, uh, I will let the challenger step up, see what he's got. Right, okay, let's let's do it how we normally do it. So, uh, Ryan, what is your first buddy of the... Oh, no, sorry, let's go, let's get a put-over first. Let's, what's your, what's your first put-over? Uh, well, my first put-over is uh, Pat McAfee on commentary. I think he's been excellent over the last couple of weeks. I think he's he, he proved people wrong when he was in NXT and he was wrestling Adam Cole. And if they thought, you know, he's he, he's not going to do much, uh, then ended up having a great match against him and then had a great match at World Games. But I think just on commentary, he, he brings something different to what WWE usually have in commentators. He, he just seems like a kind of, just a fan. It's in commentary. He's, all, he's like a non-lame Byron Saxton. Like he's uh, got the same vibes, but you just don't hate him. It's weird. Uh, uh, and his reaction when uh, Kevin Owens done a uh, elbow drop to I think it was Shinsuke through a table, and you could see him. There was a a video a uh, fan took, and. You know, he was just jumping about and he was like high fiving all the fans and all that. And it, he just, uh, I think he's been great. And I seen Michael Cole was putting him over in uh, Pat's podcast as well. So, yeah, uh, Pat, Pat is a good put over. I thought he did a really good job on uh, I mean, I've not been watching a lot of SmackDown, but I thought he was great at Money in the Bank and just sells it so well. Actually, I've got to put a shout out to Jimmy on Raw commentary. Oh, uh, Jimmy Smith has been brilliant, aye. I, yeah, I think Jimmy's been really, really good. Certainly better than What's-His-Face. Uh, Adnan like, Vuk. Yep. <laughs> was they hard, no, honestly? What's his name? Mike Adamley. Whatever Adamley was better than Adnan Vuk. So, this, this is the thing now. However badly a commentator does, everyone's just going to be like, ah, you're better than Vuk, mate. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Right, Rico, what is your first buddy? First buddy of the evening. Um, it's the Cesaro versus Otis match. Now, I know that last couple of weeks, I have been putting over Otis and saying he's doing great. He looks good for heel. He looks like a big old wrecking machine and everything like that. That's fine. Otis, great. But Cesaro losing in that sort of a match. Cesaro's, Cesaro's trajectory since... Um, since after WrestleMania has just plummeted. I don't understand it. It's, it, it. I mean, he obviously showed that he's excellent in the ring. He had enough of a chance to do promos with Daniel Bryan. Um, do you know what? Fuck it. Get him back to get him back over to NXT. If we're going to bring up Karrion Cross, then send Cesaro over to NXT and get him uh, with the NXT Championship. Because if we're going to have somebody want somebody that carries it and somebody that will get good matches every single week with. Everyone on the roster, Cesaro's your guy. Like he does, he doesn't deserve to be on that SmackDown roster getting losses like that. It's nonsense. So I feel better about that seeing it. But again, closing the door, getting a window open, putting over to NXT because he deserves better. I think they're teasing, and one thing that's worth noting as well, he wasn't on the Money in the Bank card, even though he was like in a WWE Universal Championship feud, <laughs> like the last pay-per-view. But the one thing that um, I think they're teasing, and it's bizarre because one of the people that I would guess would be there is not available, um, but I think they're teasing a Cesaro tag team run again. And Sheamus obviously is doing stuff on Raw, so I'm, I don't think that is the thing that, that was, but I don't know who else they'd put in there. But it seemed like that because obviously Otis and Chad Gable, but 
It's not really the excuses are what title. It's, it's not even been NXT champion, so chuck aye, NXT, it, chuck it. It reminds NXT me of the of the booking of Cesaro post when he won the Andre the Memorial Battle no. Royal. Just when you think <laughs> he's about to get there, they're like, No, no, we had you. I know. It feels like a broken record, but it's like it's almost like every every um every burial that you have of WWE is just encapsulated in Cesaro's situation at the moment. They like put him to the moon and then they bring him right back down and make sure he's buried deep into the earth and you're kind of thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, he's the, he's the, the epitome of the... I think he's the epitome of the, the WWE superstar that's got a ceiling and that, that ceiling is never going to be broken and Cesaro's ceiling seems to be had a brilliant match for the Universal title but lost and then that's going to be his peak. It's really annoying. Yeah. It is, it is, man. Imagine if Cesaro had won the briefcase. Now, that would, you know, the, that would have popped everyone. I, I, I think I would have still, I'd have chose Big E over Cesaro, but just, just. Yeah, yeah. I still think Corbin with the briefcase was the way to go, but that's... <laughs> Where was Corbin in that match? Like, I, I, I kind of like, it was after the night, after like everyone came out, I was like, where's Corbin? If we only, like, I thought they'd have had some stuff with him and King Shinsuke, or Kingsuke. Yeah, I thought Corbin was booked for the match for some reason. Uh, yeah. The qualifier way. I think a qualifier way, Shinsuke. Ah, uh, of course, so. of course. Um, aye, right, okay. I am totally with you on that one. Totally with you. Um, Ryan, what's your buddy? Uh, well, actually, don't, I actually don't have many like buddies for the the show because it was it was pretty, it was a pretty good show. But uh, the one buddy I have is uh, Love Morgan. Uh, she she done an interview. Uh, she was just talking about how uh, you know she's been training hard and she's going to win the match uh, but she was on like she was like green and I, I just thought it was like you know why why would you greet before the match you know you've know, even won it you know yeah, you're I mean? at the end but you can't greet beforehand I, I think uh, it comes across a bit as um and there's a way to do it because I'm going to NXT UK this week. Ilya Dragunov was like in tears and it looked, it was brilliant. It built everything that needed to. But when like the Liv Morgan one, I think they're guilty of doing it on Raw and SmackDown a lot where they make a wrestler look like they've won a competition to become a wrestler. Like, it may, like they just have them like very emotional. The way that it's fine for them to be on social media and we'll love it and we'll find them endearing. But when you date on Raw and SmackDown, it comes across a bit disingenuous. So I thought that with the Love Morgan thing, they'd done the same like right before Money in the Bank, and it was like, ah, oh, no, no, she's no chance of winning. <laughs> no, it's going to look terrible if she wins. I think it's fair enough if a wrestler greets, you know, after winning a belt or something, or even if she won Money in the Bank and she was greeting, but I just think it just seems a bit kind of, I don't know. If, uh, you know, it's not, it's not great. It's not a great look. She's greeting to be because she's in a match, but she's not even won it yet. You know, so it's, I don't know. So, so Rico, be gentle just so there's no greeting on the podcast. Eh? Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rico, what is your pullover, sir? Gary touched on uh, the crowds earlier. Um, I'm not going to say just the crowds in general, but the first 15 minutes of SmackDown. No, 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 no. Well, I can get on to something. I can tie him into it if you want. <laughs> in fact, I will. I'll do it anyway. So the, the, I'll go into the first 15 minutes of SmackDown. Um, WWE has this innate ability to just make good packages and they made an excellent uh, trail before the show just about how um, you know they've missed the fans and uh, how the fans are 
make they make moments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, puts a wee lump in your throat when you see stuff like that. Um, but there was like fourteen and a half thousand people in attendance. New set. There's a huge big back screen and everything like that. <clears throat> and the first man that we get out is Vince McMahon, and he swaggers out onto the screen, and you expect, you know, something more than what he said. But he goes, "Where the hell have you been?" And then just goes, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then you get the huge big pops, uh, the huge booing chorus for Roman Reigns and the Usos, um, a pop for the Mysterios, and then a fucking massive pop for Edge as well. And it's those sort of things that you miss and those sort of things that you realise why the crowds are great. And yeah, you get your watts. And it, disgustingly enough, they did it to Baron Corbin. There you go, John. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You had other you had other things as well. And there was two things in particular that stuck out for the, the crowd reactions as well, where um one Finn Balor returning to SmackDown um, to confront Sami Zayn, which was cool. And uh, Kevin Owens, as Ryan mentioned earlier, giving Shinsuke Nakamura a huge elbow drop off of a ladder through the commentators table. But you do realise just how how much it enhances um the viewing experience. That um, uh, so I, I, I know why they didn't do it, but Edge coming out first, I think, would have been incredible. But because um, I thought his pop was obviously it was near the John Cena level, but as I watched it like in bed, very low volume, still held it obviously, and it still had the impact. But the next day, I actually, um, for anybody that doesn't know, even what's been mentioned on the show, shoot job as a subtitler, and I was subtitling SmackDown the next day with my headphones on with the volume up and the pop for Edge. I was like, man, that is like spine tingling like hairs on your arms standing up and it was brilliant and the fact that Dominic Mysterio's first time in front of fans which we mentioned last week but him getting to do the the edge pose as well it was just everything about it was brilliant I absolutely loved the the edge pop was just great yeah it was unreal it was like the Royal Rumble from aye. well not maybe not quite as big but it was it was massive anyway so I de- I definitely yeah. comparable aye. yeah Nice one, nice one. Right, match tonight then, gents. What are we thinking, Ryan? Uh, I, I'd say the main event. I think the Fatal Four Way was was brilliant. Uh, there was a lot of good spots. The obviously the Kevin Owens elbow drop. Uh, the finish was Ron's cub stomping uh, Biggie on the ladder. Uh, I, I think I, I was my match tonight. Rico. Uh, not that I'm disagreeing, I've just got a different opinion, but uh, I thought that the six-man tag was really good. Um, it was a good, ma- a good match to start the show with and give the fans you know, a bit of wrestling um, to come back to. I thought that the Fatal 4-Way was great as well, but it felt like a sort of, it was one for the fans to pop at spots for. Um, it was great, but for me, six-man tag match. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, the one thing that we mentioned, Dominic Mysterio, and we didn't name they mentioned it, which I'm shocked about, the Mysterio's entrance at Money in the Bank. Uh, is that where, like, all the, like, the green stuff? The the, uh, they were, oh, my God, if he's having seen it, you need to see it. So the Mysterio's that showed them wearing, like, all black suits in front of, like, the, the Mayan, um, like, the, the pyramid that's in Mexico, the big yeah. massive. And then they walked through a portal and ended up in the arena with all lucha masks, which obviously Dominic doesn't wear one, so he had, like, a Jason for uh, what's the Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th had a, a Jason mask on that had the, the Rey Mysterio fucking, um, like the, the whatever you would call them, the wee flashes down it. And it was just, I don't, I still don't know if I liked it or if I didn't like it. 
Um, but it was just it was just pure shite sci-fi stuff. But I was I'm surprised that didn't get mentioned. But I guess maybe they watched the pre-show, which is why. I'm surprised Alex hasn't mentioned anything on CG on this. Uh, oh, oh, I have to put over the CG team. They did two good bits. The 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 new day entrance when they've got like Xavier and Kofi as little Mario characters running round and round and round. And the Rhea Ripley one was good too with the chains. But that Roman Reigns thing gets worse and worse and worse like now they've animated it and like they show you it's static and then it kind of goes up to do its roar and just nothing about it is in any way good alex is a cg artist by day so he knows what he's talking about. i'm allowed to criticize this shit. yeah you're allowed to criticize yeah, that maybe <laughs> so decision time here we go right it's a bit like the x factor this maybe we should build it up <laughs> i think ryan Fantastic. Ooh. Thank you for coming on. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant, brilliant job. But I, something happened during this week's podcast, which just is just got its edged Rico. I have never heard his Vince McMahon impression until today, and it was incredible. <laughs> so, but here's what I'm going to say, right? Here's what I'm going to say, because, you know, wrestling that, we're a family, we're a community, right? Ryan. How would you like to form a tag team with one of us? So then you can choose what promotion you would like to do. It could be AW with Alex, could be Raw with Gary, or it could be NXT with me, and you can form a tag. How would you like that opportunity? Oh, that'd be good, eh? Reach for the brass ring, Ryan. Aye, aye. What promotion would you like to focus on? Uh, we'll go we'll AEW. 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 He's made the right choice. Just Alex, the right choice. brilliant. So you've now got a tag partner. Well, so, rule number one is that I'm Nick Jackson and you're Matt Jackson. Right. That's that's, <laughs> that's the only rule I have. Right. <laughs> so you just going to have to think of a, a tag team name for next week. So Ryan, if you're up for it, you can tag with Alex, come back on, form a tag team, and we'll see you next week for the, the buddies and putovers. Cool. Is that a cop out? Have I just done a total complete? Yeah, I better work more used to it. Everybody's been swelled. That's fine. Uh, brilliant. Well, listen, thanks very much, Ryan. Thanks very much, Rico, and the rest of these. Uh, if you want to get your buddies and put overs in for Rab and Grado, it's dead easy to do. Get us on Twitter, Wrestling Dad, on Insta, Wrestling Dad Podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Dad on the book of the face. So I mentioned it earlier on, but remember, if you want more content from Wrestling Daft, get involved at patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. Lots of content up there already that you can get. Uh, we've got lots of tiers set up, Cruiserweight Champion, Intercontinental Champion and Heavyweight Champion, uh, all varying prices. You'll get the video version of this show, you'll get the video version of Rab and Grado on the main show, invite to our Patreon pay-per-view parties, bonus podcasts, T-shirts, the full shebang. You can pick what tier you want to get involved in. Just get involved. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Would love to have you on our roster. Thank you very much. It's the wrestling news with Gary Cassidy. And it's only Gary Cassidy because Alex now has to leave the podcast because he's got to go on a date. John, you're such a wind-up. Goodbye. <laughs> that is true, though. You're going on a date. And like we say, don't tell her that you do a wrestling podcast. First date chat, don't mention wrestling, okay? In fact, don't mention at all, probably, until maybe you're married. That's usually the best the best way to approach it, yes. Yeah. Life advice for, for our listeners. 
There we go. Yeah. Good luck with your date, Alex. Can we have an update on it next week? It's no, because John, you 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 need to. We need to find you a new life, or you we need know. to start you an affair because you're a little bit too into the men's gossip. Or have you considered watching Love Island instead of wrestling this week? Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, Alex, make sure you bring up on the first date that you would like to have the the laminated pass. That's a uh, <laughs> you need to bring up the, the laminated pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just laminated pa- pass chat. That will go down really well. But good luck, <laughs> Alex. We'll Lovely note, boys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Right, let's get into the wrestling news now. He's gone. Um, right, this is what I'm talking about, Gary. There's been a story that broke. We talked about in the buddies and putovers, Carrie and Cross, and you didn't bury the fact that Carrie and Cross got beat. However, a story has appeared today from a very good journalist, <laughs> one of our favourites, Sean Ross Sapp, and he has something to say about this. Aye, so sadly I've got no inside news on Alex's date situation, but one person that gets inside news on all things WWE is Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, the Fightful Raw review, they go live, I believe, right after Raw every single week. Um, normally it is just, you know, breaking down the show. Normally the news hits select first rather than hitting the reviews. But Sean Ross Sapp had put out a tweet saying that he had heard earlier in the day that Karrion Cross was going to lose his debut and didn't actually believe it. So he didn't want to, you know, didn't want to venture any further. Obviously, things can change through the day. So by the time he'd verified it, stuck out the news, it probably might even not have came true. It did. And um, aye. <laughs> the, the reason for it is uh, apparently what most people, I think, would possibly speculate and maybe expect that Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem to care about NXT. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's the kind of thing where I always like with stuff like this, I'm always like, oh, it's the thing that people always mention, but it's hard to argue with because we've seen how a lot of NXT talent has been treated in the past uh, when they went to the main roster. But might as well give you the direct quote, which is uh, Vince McMahon does not give a damn about NXT. I had an NXT wrestler, unnamed wrestler, which obviously, uh, say that felt like a message being sent um, because obviously Karrion Cross has had an undefeated single streak. Has He's a two-time NXT champion without losing a match because <laughs> obviously I had to relinquish the belt. Yep. Uh, but made his debut on Raw and lost to Jeff Hardy, who hasn't won many matches recently, never mind against an undefeated superstar. The thing is, they made a big deal about it during the, the show, saying hmm. NXT champion, Karrion Cross debuts on Raw tonight. And it was all NXT champion. And then Jeff Hardy fucking pins him. Actually, bizarrely, when they brought that up, I thought he's going to answer Keith Lee, uh, Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley's open challenge and they've accidentally put out a, a, wee, uh, a wee spoiler on it, but Obviously, didn't he? Obviously, did debut. But I, I think the the main, I mean, we'll see how it goes next week. My theory is that he might relinquish the NXT Championship and then Scarlet might be brought in because his post match interview kinda, kinda teased that there was going to be a change. But I mean, I know it's storytelling, but it is a bit iffy. I just don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Why as invested as Karen. Gross. Why do you not like Karen? I, I loved him. I loved the. I loved the stuff he done with that Danny Butch and only only Larkin in his first NXT reign, and I yeah. loved his TNA stuff. And I know Grado mentioned it on the main podcast. Like the the stuff he done in TNA was great, and that's where I thought the other you were going with. But he just lost the mystique when he got injured, and I know that's not his fault. 
but the way they dealt with his injury in terms of him just going to the ring and relinquishing the title, I'd rather they didn't show it. I'd rather Scarlett came and just laid down the belt and walked away and they just didn't yeah. show vulnerability. Because I think since then, there's just been something missing. The mystique has been away. And then the main event match that he had, no, 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 I main event, main event, capital letters, shite, raw show. When I seen the footage of that with, when with it, Charlotte, Charlotte, with it, Scarlett gone into the Thunderdome, it just didn't add up. And then last night, again, the presentation just wasn't quite right. So I just, yeah, the I, it, Scarlett, just for the entrance and, and the presentation and like what she does. Um, so yeah, if they're group her up on the main roster, they need to put Scarlett with them without him with him with her. I think is just like. No offence to the guy, he's brilliant. I, I like the stiff style of working. I like his character, but him with it, Scarlet, I think, is like Robin with it, Batman. I, th- yeah. I think like, he's the he's the Robin of the situation, which I know is bizarre because she's only a mouthpiece, but she just brings so much to his presentation that she's needed. Absolutely, absolutely. So I am intrigued to see how they'll be. And it's intriguing because, you know, you think you have to, if they want to get him up on a Raw, they'll need to do some of the NXT championship. Um yeah. so we'll wait and find out what happens there. But yeah, I hated the fact he got <laughs> Jeff Hardy. I might have not made my feelings clear on this situation, but there we go. Uh let's move on to Becky Lynch. She was backstage at Money in the Bank, we all believe. Um and Charlotte obviously called her out a wee bit on Raw last night as well. Aye, so actually, I really like all of this. Um so she was pictured uh, so a fan took a photo of her running for the back. Um, and I, I want to say Houston, somewhere in Texas, wherever the show what was, was on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so somebody took a photo of her running and said Becky Lynch, and uh, Becky Lynch replied to the comment on Instagram saying, that might not be me, that could be anybody's incredibly well-built shoulders and stuff like that, like joking about it, and then she put up a tweet outside the arena. So obviously sent the fans going wild, and then during the Money in the Bank, or at the very start of the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte match, all the fans were chanting for Becky, Charlotte Flair, gave the middle finger, Peacock just coincidentally went down at that point in time, completely cut the feed. Hmm. Nice note on that is I think Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley done really well to get the crowd back on track because they were chanting, this is awesome by the end. But obviously when Charlotte Flair's going to cut a promo the next night on Raw, the fans are going to chant for Becky Lynch. Everybody knew it was coming and. The, the main thing is I'm going, how is Charlotte Flair going to react to this? So <laughs> she acknowledged it head on. I don't, I'm guessing this was off the cuff. Maybe she'd prepared, uh, you know, backstage, knowing the fans were going to chant. But she said, she's still at home breastfeeding. I quite like that. I, I love the kind of the wee jabs, especially if it was off the cuff. Um, but Becky Lynch, of course, took the twirl to respond <laughs> in the way that, that Becky Lynch would respond, saying... Breastfeeding at home and still the most over women in the division. Probably true. Yeah, <laughs> can't true. really argue well, can you? I love the fact she's also changed her location on her Twitter bio to living in Charlotte's head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which, which is great. What, what she's done several times in the past and it still pops me every time, much like yeah. the young bucks changing their bio. But I, it's, it's got to just be a matter of time. But it's, it's getting to the point where I think in a good way it is like the boy who cried wolf. Because she's going to keep trolling everybody and then it'll get to the point where like, oh, it's just Becky Lynch trolling everybody again. And then when she does come back, which there was a lot of rumours that it would have been over this weekend. A lot of people said, you know, they're hearing that she is going to return imminently. A lot of backstage talk that she's going to return imminently. But they're just putting it off and putting it off. And I quite like that. I'm I think it'll be Survivor is... Series. I think it'll be. I, 
I mean, I'm, she's a young mum, you know. She, I'm a, tr- trust me, I've, I'm a dad, and I've, you know, that first six months of having a baby is a fucking nightmare. So, you know, and also, like, you're saying that as someone who was they taking bumps like two, exactly. <laughs> two weeks later? Exactly, exactly. So, I, no. I, I think it's the kind of thing where I love that she's this involved, but. Yeah, they just need to be like, it takes as long as it takes for not to come back. It'll be brilliant when it happens, no matter when it is. If it's the Mora, it'll be great. It'll only be the Mora, because there's no show the Mora, apart from AEW, which wouldn't be news. Um, but if it was Friday or Monday, brilliant. But if it's a year for now, it'll still be brilliant. Exactly. So it's not really a big deal. Exactly. I, just, uh, I can't believe she got babysitters. That's uh, quite impressive. That's not bad. <laughs> um, right, let's move on, finally, to uh, Chris Jericho trying to get ACDCs back and back for the Inner Circle's return. I, I love this because I, like, I keep mentioning it, but AEW's use of music is brilliant. Like, I, I've said on many times. To, to get the tracks. To, to, rather, I mean, no, the Orange Cassidy one must have cost a pretty penny. Oh, God. Them, where um, is my mind by the pickies? But I, where is, I know, for the, obviously, I think that's what used in the indie scene, didn't they? Orange yes, Cassidy. yes. But, like, where's my mind? It's not a great wrestling theme to walk down to the... the just, it, it doesn't even add up for him for me, because I think oh. you could bring out something really slow and really drag out. But that, but I keep mentioning Jungle Boys, like, I Jungle think Boy has takes it to main event level. Like, I, I think has is great, and obviously Moxley. Um, so we know ACDC, they've at least got some kind of deal with WWE, because WWE use you know are you ready for a good time for smackdown they've used i think thunderstruck they've used before as well on yeah, a few yeah. occasions for, for video packages but chris jericho tried to get back in black for the inner circle they've obviously released the merch they've got the the back in black t-shirt that is inner circle on it so <laughs> didn't happen as, as most people can uh, can tell if they've been watching the show but he mentioned this on the two-man power trip uh, of wrestling podcast we actually tried to get back in black for our return pro after we attacked the pinnacle in our dressing room and they wouldn't give us the time of day so uh, sorry acdc fans because uh, <laughs> that again could be anything could be the deal with wwe or whatever but um he said there's been other ones we wanted van halen right after eddie died we wanted to use running with the devil and they came back asking for Five hundred thousand dollars. Mental. That is mental <laughs> well, for music licensing. At least we know the Pixies one cost less than that. If, uh, if that's uh, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, won, yeah, yeah, unless yeah. they just deemed it more important. But um, a polite way of saying no fucking way. <laughs> and ACDC didn't come back with an offer uh, at all. And he uh, then added, "I seen them on Applebee's commercial using Back in Black, so I guess they're a fan of the baby pack ribs or something like that." Which again is interesting because Applebee's was advertised during WWE over the weekend. I know. There was that rumour that um, WWE basically strategically used Are You Ready for SmackDown so that AEW couldn't get TNT TNT for Dynamite. Well, um, I, 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 that would have been a perfect, perfect theme as well. That would have been brilliant. I don't know how I don't know how much to read into that WWE would, would have thought that far ahead if they did. Genius. I mean, what I moved to block that by just buying a, a song that doesn't even really fit SmackDown. It's grew on me, but it doesn't. It's not like the best. But um, I said uh, he thought the whole concept of Back in Black would fit. Um, it's a saying everybody knows, rolls off the tongue, fits the mindset of what they're doing. They're coming back more focused, serious and darker. And that's how it's been throughout the whole return. 
Which I get, and that would have been great, but I don't really. I, I don't feel like it's the biggest miss of all time that they didn't get it. I mean, <laughs> getting I mean, uh, getting TNT for Dynamite would have been much better. Licensing music is an expensive game, so Tony, like getting, I think Baltimore would have been quite easy, quite cheap to get. To be fair, but um, when you start talking about wild thing and stuff like that, it, it gets expensive. So the, the, the version that they've got now probably was slightly less expensive. But I guess they would have still had to. Have, uh, yeah, a wee bit of money to the, the trogs as well. There um, you go. Well done, Gary. We're, we're scanning your head there. For I, the I was like, uh, the trogs, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, bro. So hopefully more uh, music in AEW, because it always excites me when somebody has a theme, which is actually a theme that like you go, oh, I know that one. My, my shout is that Ruby Riot is going to come back when Noah's Ruby Soho and get the Rancid song, which would be amazing. But I still keep saying Three Days Grace, Riot, let's start a riot would be great for all, but Ruby Soho will be good as well. I, so. predi- I predict a riot by the Kaiser Chiefs. You could have that I, as well. That, that would be less good. Than yeah, <laughs> okay, I agree. <laughs> Thanks for the news, as ever, Gary. That is it for this week's Wrestling Aftermarch. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for rating, reviewing, and subscribing if you've done that on Apple or wherever you get a podcast. We really appreciate if you can just drop us a wee review. I mean, it keeps us on track, but it's not for good or not. I think we've actually got, for Wrestling Daft, I think we've actually got a five-star rating, which is oh, incredible. So man, we- Dave Meltzer would have gave us six if we were in Japan, so that's disappointing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, yeah, Dave, give us a give us a five star review, please. You, you, you don't, I can't do quarter stars on um, nah. Apple though, so that's a, that's a bit of a nightmare. Uh, Rab and Grado back on the main podcast. Oh no, fact, Grado's not on the podcast this week. Sorry uh, to be the bearer of bad news. Grado's currently filming two doors down, and it's up to his eyes, so he's not on the podcast. So it's just me and Rab that are uh, on it this week. So. Um, we don't even know I've not even put down the list of wrestling do you know what just to piss off Grado I might actually just do the best TNA, TNA moments <laughs> just to annoy him potentially might do that but uh, yeah we'll have all the usual stuff on the main podcast so look out on Twitter for the buddies and putovers list of wrestling daft any other business all that jazz uh, Gary what are you up to for the rest of the week in, 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 in viewing anyone wrestling wise or no it's uh, it's, it's, it's barren um, sadly it's no barren I wish it was barren oh. <laughs> barren is a dream interview uh, but no no nothing nothing planned but sometimes that's when things pop, when things pop up annoyingly um, it's beautiful outside for the rest of the week and I'm working late update on shifts so great. <laughs> great fun <laughs> well go and enjoy the sub- sunshine if you can just now uh, and thank you very much for listening to wrestling daft and until next time just keep marking out audio frontier <laughs>